Welcome to the De La Salle Footycast, the official podcast of the De La Salle Football Club. All thanks to Western Union Business Solutions. And now here's your host, Brian Waldron. Hello ladies and gentlemen, I'm Brian Waldron and I'm uh, here speaking to you all for the first time ever on the inaugural De La Footycast. Welcome one and all as we thought it was important in these uh, somewhat trying times that we just have a chat on the eve of what would have been our normal regular season. So I'm here courtesy of Western Union Business Solutions to have a chat to a number of the people associated with DLA to give you an update on where the season is at, where it's heading and what everyone's been up to. So I'm pleased to welcome to the microphone to start with our first guest, the President, Matthew A. Callaghan. Welcome, Mocker. Thank you, Wal. Good morning to you. Well, tough times and um, it's important we get to uh, where we're at and what's going on. Obviously, it wasn't what we expected, but... Uh, how are we tracking and where are we at from a club point of view with um, COVID-19? Yes, well, isn't it amazing? We would have um, had the season launch last Friday. Uh, we would have had our final training session last night in the pouring rain. And tomorrow would have been the first game of the year. And none of that's happened and none of it's happening. So it's quite a strange um, strange place to be in at the moment. But um, we've effectively got the club in shutdown. Um, the players, I think, um, a bit later on, you'll hear from from Hoff and from Dave. Um, players are doing their own training within the government's guidelines, um, and under the um, under the uh, eyes and ears of um, the fitness guys. So there's a lot happening behind the scenes, but um, but uh, not really the kind of stuff that we want to be doing. So, what's the feedback from the VAPA? What are you expecting? Are we you know, who knows? We're in uncharted waters, we know. But are we, we're hopeful, given there's restrictions around travel, that we could possibly, if the if the curve commences to diminish, are we thinking end of June, maybe, a July start-up? Yeah, look, I think, as you said, no one really knows what's going to happen. Um, so we're, we're working on two plans. One is to play part of a season, and that could, that, that could look like playing nine games, so we play each of the other teams once and uh, and maybe have some sort of final series. We don't really know. And the other is that we don't play at all. Um, and they're, you know, they're really the, the two realistic scenarios and um, um, all of our plans are developed around those two. The problem for community clubs across the board, and I know this has been discussed uh, everywhere across, not just through Victoria and metropolitan footy, but everywhere is financial viability. Just assure our listeners that um, we're in good shape from that point of view. Yeah, look, it's um, it's certainly going to be a battle from here to the end of um, what would have been the season or maybe the end of the year. Um, but we've got some information going out tomorrow to to the club, um, so the whole supporter base, members, supporters, etc. Um, and that that details what we're doing with uh, with memberships for this year, and the memberships will take a different format because we've now got the option of people making donations uh, via the Australian Sports Foundation uh, site that we've set up. And so they get the tax deduction benefit from that. We are mindful that, that whilst we're going out and asking for people's uh, financial support for the club, that uh, we're mindful that there's a lot of hardship out in the community. Um, so we'll be, we'll be certainly balanced in, in the messages that we put out. Um, we have got a lot of our corporate sponsors who who have uh, re-signed um, some some 100%, some a little bit less, but we'll be um, 
certainly talking to them over the next couple of weeks about um, some plans that we want to put in place to to ensure that we still give them exposure throughout the club. Um, and then in addition to that, we've got some new merchandise uh, that's now available on the club website. We've got some new puffer jackets um, that look pretty good. They're much more affordable, I think, than the ones that we had last year. So there's, there's male and female versions of that. So I'd certainly encourage um, all of you to get onto the website and have a look at the merchandise we've got and um, put an order in, particularly as the, uh, the weather starts to get a bit colder. Mocker, I think one of the things that um, we're all concerned about is the mental health of everyone, not just family, but friends. And as a footy club, I know we've discussed ourselves the importance of providing support where we can for our players and our officials and our a greater deal like community. Can you just give us a bit of a, your, your thought process in relation to how we're looking to provide support and what's available? Yeah, and, and look, it's really difficult, isn't it, Wal? Because we're, we're not around the players in particular. And when you're around the players, you kind of, you know, between um, us on the committee and helpers and coaches, you get a feel for, you know, where players are at with um with their mental health or, or other difficulties they're facing in life. And because we haven't got that face-to-face contact, um, you, you, it's more difficult to pick up. So we're, we're certainly looking to roll out some information packs uh, that, that will give some people um, some guidance in uh, as we face these difficult times. And also I think we're, we're opening up to put a network of people together who can help um, players who are going through difficult times, whether it's um, redundancies or trying to navigate their way through government websites to see what um, what um, subsidies and, and benefits are available to them, uh, or maybe financial advice or it might be employment advice. So certainly we encourage people to um, have a look at those information packs and get in touch with us if if you have any needs at all. It's a It's a major thing and um, hopefully this will go some way towards um, uh, fixing a fairly difficult position for um, a lot of people. Now, Prez, we've, we've taken note in the last uh, 18 months that you've been in power, that your willingness to strut around in the tight T-shirts and whatever else gear you like to get around in, and that's uh, as a result of your absolute commitment to your swimming program. I would dare say the closure of Kuyong's made life difficult for you. What have you undertaken to make sure you keep yourself trim, taut and terrific? It has. Well, yeah, all the pools are closed. Um, we're, the bike riding is still allowable uh, with one other person. So I've, I've been out this morning with um, with one person and there happened to be another two people who were more you're than 10 the lycra, away. Aren't you? Oh, well, it's a necessary evil. I said you'd be keen on the lycra. Yes, it's hey? a necessary evil, but it's not, it's not, uh, not a good look, is it? <laughs> I think at your age, you're doing a good job even wearing it. Uh, although that said, old lines, he gets around it at different times. Listen, mate, what's your final message? Um, you wrote me a piece the other day, which was uh, from your mum. You might want to share that, that the closing line, which was quite special in relation to what this club means to everyone. Yes, um, I can't remember the exact words, but it's in it's in the the book that was written about. Uh, 30 years ago, I think now, on the on the initial uh, 25 years history of the club. and well, I'll tell you what it was, mate. It was that it, uh, this club is a personal friend to many people. And it was a great line, and I think it's a line that resonates with me, and I'm sure it does with you. It does, and that's the difficult thing for us all, isn't it? We can't 
we're not down around the club. We're not down there on a Thursday night um, having a beer with someone who you hadn't seen for a while or having a meal or being amongst the players on a Saturday. I think um, it's certainly what we're all missing. We're just going to have to band together to um, get through this. Well, Prez, we're in good hands. It's um, it's tough going. And for all those that can support us with membership and uh, merchandise and everything else, it'd be great we can do that. And Mocker, thanks for your leadership through this difficult times. We look forward to a cold beer when we can all sit back and watch the team that we've put together for the B grade in 2020, hopefully get on the park sometime. Thanks for having a chat. Yeah, and, and I'll just pick you up on one of those points there, Walt. Um, so we will, when we know more about um, being able to interact socially, um, the plan will be to, to, to put a big do on a, a dinner or whatever you want to call it uh, later in the year that will bring the whole club together. And um, it'll certainly be um, a big party and we, um, we expect a lot of people to turn up. All right, there we are. We heard it from the man in charge, and it's a big job he's got, and it's been a very much a, a pressure job um, doing what he's got to do in difficult times. So uh, we'll move on from uh, hearing the serious stuff, and we'll have a chat to the coach and uh, Dave Madigan. We welcome Dave Madigan to the microphone. Hello, Brian. How are you going? Good, mate. Well, it's um, it must have been a strange feeling last night. I was driving um, down Monash Freeway, and I thought two things. I thought, thank goodness we're not training in this weather, but uh, that very quickly subsided by the disappointment of the fact it would have been the Thursday night before the first game, mate. How are you coping? I think um, for me, Tuesdays and Thursdays have been a little bit the same for the last couple of weeks where uh, there wasn't a lot going on. And we've had, last night didn't, didn't turn me on too much about training, you're right. But uh, the other nights have been beautiful nights of training. And I was, I was thinking actually on Tuesday night, we ought to be getting ready now for, um, for round one, but we weren't. What have you done in relation to your communication back with um, your boys in, in this uh, latent period of non-participation? Well, the um, last, I think it was last Thursday night, the, uh, the leadership group and I got together via Zoom and um, just had a little chat about some things that we might be able to do just to keep the, keep the guys engaged a little bit. And um, the... Uh, the coaches and the leadership group and I have started our own little Zulash Chef community. Um, that's been interesting. Some, uh, I think Trust last night whipped up lovely lasagna that he uh, showed us. Geordie uh, McKenzie put together a, a, a vegetable pesto um, the night before, and I think I'm right. really looking forward to what I'm really looking forward to what Puck can come up with tonight. Um, so uh, I, Bubble started this one off. He, he produced uh, he produced a nice nice well salad. Um, the other day, which uh, was a surprise. Salad. Yeah, surprise Bubble surprised. can't even say that, but anyway. Well, he didn't say it. Um, he got someone else oh. to say it for him. Um, but uh, but it looked really good. So he sort of set the challenge up for us to have a go at doing a bit of cooking whilst we're at home and show everyone what we eat. So, uh, yeah, there's novel ways that um, the group sort of Is tried it, to stick together. A little bit of mail that um, you might have um, donned the gear, mate, for the first show, the first little get-together. Is that right? Yeah, well, it was a Thursday night, so I've been trying to keep in the habit of uh, putting on the uniform and um, putting the whistle around my neck just in case it was an opportunity to blow it and have a, have a bit of a crack at someone. So, um, oh, actually, I've been going for a few walks up on Churchill National Park there where we where the group went up and did some work a few weeks ago and um, on Tuesdays and Thursdays. And, and much to the amusement of the kangaroos, I, I do wear my, 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 my full kit, just trying to keep some good habits, mate, whilst, uh, whilst we're in isolation. Now, we're not there yet, but we will get there, back there um, sometime. And I'm referring to Dave Madigan, the coach. Um, the nickname Mad Dog 
sits well and is understood by many back in the heyday <laughs> when you took us so oh so close to uh, a premiership. Tell us what version of Mad Dog we're going to get 10 years on. Have we become a little bit wiser? Have we become a little bit more uh, placid in any possible way? Um, well, I'm not really sure yet, mate, to be honest. <laughs> well, you've been coaching, no, you've been coaching and you've been experiencing some tough times where you were, to be honest. You want a flag, I know, but it wasn't It wasn't all um, roses, was it? What, what have you become as a coach? How, how, how would you surmise yourself as a coach now in relation to your personality on game day? Oh, probably, I'm probably a bit more mellow in terms of um, how I go about um, addressing things. And um, I, I learned a lot of – I was really lucky, to be honest. I, after I left the last cell, I spent some time with Box Hill and, um, you know, that was a, a really good education for me. And that's part of the reason why I jumped back into senior coaching at Knox um, Footy Club and, and, you know, just – Sort of taking on board some of the traits and some of the ideas that they had at, at BFL level, and I, I think that sort of made a difference. Um, learning, learning a little bit about how to lean on your coaching staff a little bit more, and I've been really lucky, um, you know, in, in the pre-season to see what quality assistant coaches we've got. So I'm sort of really confident that that they'll give good advice, and 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 you know, part of it is on match day, just keeping yourselves in check a little bit and being able to move on quickly from things that you might find a little bit frustrating and get on with the job. I've just written that word down there, mellow. Hmm. I'll be, I'll hmm. be watching for mellow, mellow mad dog when, when the time comes around. Hey, mate, what's your message to the players? And hopefully we get a, a lot of them listening to this. And we've just had the press on talking about, you know, the challenges ahead, particularly in staying well physically but mentally. What's your message to them? No, look, I think look, everyone's in the same basket, aren't they? Like every footy club, every every family, every person, we're all in the same we're all in the same basket at the moment, and and it's I think it's really important for everyone as a as a community to stay as positive and supportive of each other as we possibly can, and understand that just really what we're going through at the moment is completely unprecedented. We all know that, but there's some opportunities there for guys to. And I, look, I know um, you know Will Mackey set up a group with uh, Strava, a running app that. You know, the guys can sort of keep in touch and sort of monitor each other's progress a little bit there. There's, there's going to be ways and things that we can do and it's going to stop um, and, and we're going to get back to playing footy. So hopefully, I mean, my thing is we just need to be as ready as we can be and, um, you know, the, the, whatever happens will happen in terms of what the season ends up looking like. But um, oh, look, I hope that the guys are out there really looking forward to the opportunity when, uh, when, when the gates are open again and we're able to get back on the track and, and I think really appreciate the wonderful things that um, being involved in a footy club um, means to people and, and offers people and, and perhaps at times go a little bit underappreciated and I guess really focused on now when you realise uh, what you've got um, when it's gone. Yeah, well, we're all pining for the uh, pining for that cold beer and that, uh, that ability to, to yell and scream, but it's, uh, look... It's not a disaster by any means because it is community footy, but it's important that we get active again. In the meantime, mate, um, thanks. Good to chat. We'll keep talking to you as time goes on as we lead back into the footy season eventually. And stay well, buddy, because um, you're very important to us. And um, back in the fold, you're never gone as a dealer man, but um, it's great to have you back involved and in charge. So stay well and we'll chat to you again soon. Chomping at the beer to get back into it, mate. Stay well, well. Thanks to Dave Manningham there. Great to have you on board, Coach. And uh, we'll take a break here on the D-Love Footycast and have a chat to one of Melbourne's uh, best sporting journalists, Michael Gleeson, a wonderful former D-Love man. 
Well, the new and improved VAFA website, it's got it all. Tune in every Tuesday for new episodes of VAFA Tragics. Hello everyone, welcome to another edition of VAFA Tragics. Great to have you company for another week. And check out the world-famous podcast for the love of the game. There's a new edition every Wednesday. But their best and players, their top end called a monkey just sitting on the shotgun. All the latest news and views with up-to-date scores and fixtures from every section across the men's and women's competitions. Bookmark vafa.com.au in your browser today. You're listening to the De La Salle Footycast, the official podcast of the De La Salle Footy Club. All thanks to Western Union Business Solutions. Welcome back to the De La Footycast. And this man is well known to those that uh, read the paper, listen to podcasts, watch a bit of TV. His name's Michael Gleeson. Great to have you on board, Gleeson. Thanks very much for having us, Wally. Always something to do. Oh, very formal. Nice to hear you. Yes, you and I have had plenty of cup of tea to talk about the trials and tribulations of the AFL and the dealings and the, the two-ins and throw-ins. But this is a new world. But before we start on that, just give everyone a bit of background. Do you're a Dela boy? When did you when did you graduate? Am, and uh, who were some uh, of your peers from your final year? <laughs> I was uh, I was there from eighty one to eighty six. Managed to escape Brother Brian's. Uh, Clutches and uh, my brother Bill's uh, lecherous ways. And, uh, yeah, yeah, so I was there with uh, Jace Richo, um, Souza, Coops, Brendan the Hound, Swift, Sim Sparks. Sim was there for most of the 80s. I think he repeated about four times. So I think everyone went through a generation. Four times. (laughs) You keep (laughs) up, mate. Keep up with everyone. Yeah, I do. Unfortunately, we had a big um, Zoom drink the other night, uh, the other Saturday afternoon. There was no footy on, and so we um, we got a Zoom meeting and uh, yeah, had a Dilar uh, reunion. Can you sort of get your head around where this is headed? I mean, I, I was talking yesterday to another club official. He said the soft cap's going to be somewhere six point two, six point seven. But two things about that. One is, I mean, obviously there's the footy itself and what we're missing socially and how important it is, but that's been spoken about ad nauseum. But one thing that people probably can't get their head around is, were we living beyond our means as an industry? And is this in some way righting the wrongs when you look at staffing and everything else? Oh, it is. Absolutely we were. I mean, it's a flawed, and you know, everyone can acknowledge it now in retrospect, but it's a flawed business model where you can have clubs basically living every year hand to mouth. And every year, up to half the competition, making an operating loss, clubs carrying them enormous levels of debt. Yeah, they're, they're not-for-profit organisations, so you don't want them to be banking you know, massive profits like West Coast Eagles year on year. But... Um, you also can't have them living so much on the uh, on the on the brink, and um, you know they just. I, I was talking to someone yesterday who um, had been a recruit, had been involved with a footy club, and or was still involved with a footy club, and said, you know, you remembered a few years ago being at a game uh, at Glenelg, and in the stands there were seven recruiters from one footy club there. It's like seven, mm-hmm. really, seven airfares at seven. Wages that seven hotel rooms, seven lots of meals. Yeah. I mean, it's just ridiculous. Then you've got clubs like your old club, living, you know, having to having to keep moving and rebuilding facilities and going into enormous debt. It's just mm. absurd. Take us forward to twenty. Let's not do. Let's do twenty twenty five, mate. If you're going to crystal ball that, who knows what's going to come out of how long this will take to shake out, how bad it will be uh, mm. economically, but 
all expectations are it's not going to be good. I think that you would have to expect that there'll be two fewer teams in Victoria. Um, you really, you think that, do you? Yeah, I do. I do. And I know everyone's, it's not an enjoyable sort of thing to go sort of look like you're death riding clubs, which you're not. But if we're looking at the economic sort of uh, the rationalism of the game now, rationalisation of the game now, that is where it will go. I don't think that they will be the expansion clubs. I think it'll be the two Victorian clubs. I think the two expansion, there'll be resistance to that because they'll point the finger and go, well, why do we go when these clubs that are up there in, you know, representing no one, got no history, don't survive well. The reality is they're in a growth area and yeah, we're not, right. you know, we're in, Look, we're, we're fighting amongst ourselves for, for, for the dollars. I think the other thing will be, if we look ahead to that, is they're looking at, by, by that stage, we will have lists of 35. Now, the big question is, and, and this is something that could bring the ammos into it, is well, what happens with the second tier competition? You know, you've had um, the Northern Blues, who were Preston once upon a time, have now gone out. You know, clubs are going to be um, separating from the VFL. Who knows what the hell happens in the next couple of years with the VFL? Club, they want to cut club list sizes down to 35. No, no doubt about it. That's that's on the agenda. So there's a dozen players at each club that get punted from that. To to have lists of 35, you've got to then have top up players. You've got to have an active and an inactive list. You've got to have access to players that can come into your team. Now they might have, you know, be paid a stipend, but the second tier competition, no one yet knows what it's going to look like. No one knows what the state leagues look like. In Victoria, they know what the I mean, the sample and the waffle will remain as they are, but within Victoria, it's a massive shake-up. How do you access that talent that has to come in at the second tier? Maybe that opens opportunities for players that are playing in the Amos to step up, to be... Now, obviously, there's a professional amateur um, you know, disconnect there, but how does, how does footy operate under that structure? Not only is there a change in the footy industry and the costs associated with that, Gleese, but there's got to be a rationalisation in your industry as well. We've made some heroes out of some very ordinary people in that case in recent times. How's it going to look moving forward? Uh, well, they will struggle to survive. I think Fox is under pressure at the moment. People are, are, are leaving it in droves because the only reason you get it is to get the footy. And at the moment, there's no footy and people are being stood down from their jobs. So they're trying to cancel their Foxtel subscriptions. That's putting an enormous pinch on them. Um, free-to-air TV... It is sport is one of the few things that sells for them. So therefore, you know the the the, the things that used to sell for TV have, have disappeared. Things like you know the American sitcoms that were cheap and people would tune into them, but now Netflix has killed off all of that. So it's either those crap shows like Married at First Sight or whatever they you know the Kitchen Rules or something like that. People tune into those and they'll tune into the sport. That's all they've got. Um, radio stations, SEN, struggling with their ratings. Um, we are going to we're tightening up as well. Like newspapers are, we've been, at the age we've had record numbers of readers in the last um, period with people um, just desperate for information about um, COVID nineteen. But they, but also the you know the the, the revenues um, have fallen away because rev advertising is um, you know companies are not advertising. You've got airlines struggling to survive, so they're not going to advertise, and, and companies aren't going to. You know, advertise their sales when no one's coming into their shops just now because they're locked up at home. So there's a real pressure on for um, for newspapers as well. But it's right across the board. And now, who survives in the end? That's um, that's 
the uh, the difficult question, but um, no one quite knows. Well, mate, is there any shining light? Yeah, you've given us 10 minutes of doom and gloom, and I get it why. I know why we're all the same, but give me something. Give us a, a little bit of something that might brighten us up. Is there anything out there that can we get a bit excited about somewhere? Yeah, didn't you see? Collingwood smashed the Bulldogs in round one. <laughs> Gleese, great to have you on. Um, no worries, well, anytime. I often, um, I often used to catch up when we were in that building together at uh, at Fairfax there and have a chat to you, and I've missed you on that. It's good to have a chat today. And stay well, mate. I'm sure you you and your family are, um, are doing yeah. the old Groundhog Day like everyone else, but I'm sure some good comes out of it somewhere. So look after yourself, and thanks for being on um, DLR Footycast first up. No worries, boys. We'll take a break and come back and have a chat to Will Mackey. Well, the new and improved VAFA website, it's got it all. Tune in every Tuesday for new episodes of VAFA Tragics. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another edition of VAFA Tragics. Great to have you company for another week. And check out the world-famous podcast for the love of the game. There's a new edition every Wednesday. But their best players, their top thing called a monkey just sitting on the shot going, All the latest news and views with up-to-date scores and fixtures from every section across the men's and women's competitions. Bookmark vafa.com.au in your browser today. You're listening to the De La Salle Footycast, the official podcast of the De La Salle Footy Club. All thanks to Western Union Business Solutions. Welcome back to Footy Podcast. It's great to welcome Will Mackey here to the microphone. Welcome, Will. Hey, how are you, Will? Good, mate. Now, listen, I had the coach on before and he said that uh, there's been a bit going on. Tell me from a player's point of view, how have you been managing keeping fit over the last few weeks? Well, um, thanks to Sebi Manix, he's been giving us a bit of a running program and a training program. I know it's a bit different doing it by yourself, but it hasn't been too bad to just get up in the morning and get it done. We've all been messaging each other and making sure that we're getting through it. So it hasn't been too bad keeping each other accountable. You must have felt a bit strange last night knowing it would have been the uh, last Thursday before the first game. Yeah, yeah. It feels a bit, it's a bit weird in the afternoons, finishing work and going straight home and just kind of wondering what to do with yourself. It's, it feels weird not going back to the training, walking across the road on a Tuesday, Thursday, and um, just like twiddling with your thumbs a little bit. So how's the interaction been with the boys? Have you been getting on Zoom or what have you been doing to interact yeah. with each other in some well, way? Well, the, the leaders and the coaches, we've had a couple of meetings on Zoom and uh, things like that, talking about how to keep the interaction going and keeping everyone motivated and committed um, while we're not training. So... Um, we've we've doing, been having a fair few conversations over WhatsApp and things like that. So we're trying to initiate some things like Strava and uh, getting showing everyone um, their running sessions and things like that. Um, we're actually doing a bit of a cook-off with the leaders at the moment. So uh, every night someone's taking turns on, a, on their own um, cooking up something for dinner and showing how they've cooked it. So that's a bit of a laugh as well. And how did you find the coach uh, stepping in in uh, interesting circumstances? How was he and his new crew of people that were leading us into season 2020? Oh, really smooth transition. Um, Mad Dog's been awesome. So he's been good. He's been, um, I think he's actually suffering the most out of um, us not playing at the moment or not training. He's, he doesn't know what to do with himself because he loves it. So um, he's been messaging us most nights, really. But um, everyone, everyone's loving him at the moment, which is really good. Yeah, no, look, he's, he's uh, I hear he dressed up the other day for your chat that you had as well. So now I hear a bit of a, a story that you did a uh, half marathon recently, mate. How'd we go? 
Oh, yeah. Well, it got cancelled because of the COVID-19 saga. So um, I've been training since November, end of November for it. Um, so I ended up just before we started going into lockdown, went around Albert Park and did a bit of a virtual one with Debbie Mannix and um, some other boys that were helping pace me, but at a bit of a distance. So now it's good. Um, got my PB and got what I wanted to do. So uh, got rewarded, which is good. Now, each week when we have a chat to a player, we're going to ask him a series of questions. That are, the great Paul Fumo, one of the great former D-Low players, um, averted me too, that's been doing the rounds on Facebook. We're going to ask you a series of questions, mate, relating back, related to your teammates over time. So are you ready for this? Yeah, yeah. Who's the best player you ever played with? Uh, probably Baby Jake, to be honest. Oh, Baby. Yeah, Baby. baby. Yeah, when he's on, he's on. Player, two-time Woodrow medalist, Jakey Williams, great player. What about the best captain? It's got to be Puck. Well, he's the best senior captain. What about the best junior captain? Who captained you through the juniors? <laughs> I was captain myself. <laughs> oh, there you go. We'll give yourself a wrap. Now, who's your best <laughs> kick for goal? Uh, Ryan McDonough. He's a dead eye. Are we going to get a few votes? All right. What about the best yeah. mark? Uh, well, Puck can take a pretty good mark when he's not injured. What about the best bloke? Best bloke, Joey Black. Hands down. The great Joey Black. What about uh, what about the funniest teammate? Um, who's the best sledger? Who's the best sledger going around? Oh, I wouldn't say. Oh, I was between Swill and Grace to be honest. Grace maybe gets the chocolates because he doesn't actually shut up, so he's probably the best sledge. Who's your toughest teammate, mate? Toughest teammate. Uh, it'd have to be between Puck and Jake. Um, they just take hit after hit in the head and they just keep on getting back up. So between those two. Have you been on any footy trips? Yeah, I've been on one, I think, because I'm still pretty young. So, uh, probably Marek Lavosky. Marek Lavosky. Um, most courageous. Most courageous. I reckon that goes the same with the toughest. So it would be, I'd yeah. put Puck up. Puck down there for most greatest. He goes back to the flight before anyone else does, I reckon. Uh, who gets white line fever? Who's the one off the field that's quiet as a church mouse and then takes off when they get on it? Oh, I wouldn't say this guy's quiet as a church mouse, but once he steps onto the field, he's definitely got white line fever. Um, Fildo, I reckon. Yeah, oh, yeah, Fildo. Never shut up. <laughs> Even when he's running, he's still talking, isn't he? Yeah, yeah running. exactly. And who was yeah, the most dedicated man? Most dedicated would have been Fieldo as well. So <laughs> goes hand in hand, I reckon. Yeah, yeah wonderful dealer, man. Came back in a time when he'd been elsewhere and was uh, certainly um, getting well recompensed for his leadership in the VFL, came back and helped us through difficult times. Well, I'm sure That's it's it. not easy for you and your family. We wish you all the best through this difficult time. We miss you. We miss you not being around the club like everyone else. Thanks, Will. We'll see you down there when we can, mate. So take care, all right? Can't wait. Thanks, Will. See you soon, mate. No worries. That's it. Thanks to Joey Pignataro for helping us through this first edition. Hey, look, the idea is we just put it out there for people to listen to. Give us as much feedback as you can. It's important that we as a D-Like community continue to chat to each other. I know there's plenty of talking going on. Hopefully the D-Like footy cast has given you a bit of an insight to what's going on and hopefully you get something valuable out of spending half an hour or so listening to our guest talk today. So thanks to Western Union for putting this together for us. Thanks to Jerry Pignataro and go do's and look forward to chatting soon again. Cheers.